Hi, my name is Tia. Thanks, Steamer, for having me on Flagrant 2 podcast. You can find me on Instagram at CitizensPod. Citizens Arrest is a podcast created to combat ignorance in our society by way of sharing stories to educate. Share your stories with me, Hiam, and we'll lower the crime rate one episode at a time. Yo, what's going on? It's DJ Brainstorm. Yo, Black Paco on this thing. This has been Joy. Hey, This is Gabby. This is Talk It Out. Yo, what's good? It's your boy Q from Chopping Up with Q and the Critical Dub Network. And you are tuned in. It's official, man. Y'all hear it's that time ladies and gentlemen you are tuning in to the flagrant two with the big homie d murph where i literally and i mean literally always got something to say verbally or even non-verbally y'all ready i know i'm ready let's do it world i'm excited this is the last episode of March, the last episode representing a woman of color for hashtag Women's History Month. Dope individual out in the West Coast, educated, one of the most free spirited persons or people that I know and have came across, host of the Citizens Podcast, Miss Hiam, welcome to the flagrant two. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. I'm just like enjoying this whole intro. I'm just oh, yeah. <laughs> smiling. I'm like, this is so great. I love the energy. <laughs> no problem. And it's Citizens Arrest Podcast World. So that's my bad. I got excited and, and skipped <laughs> a word, but it's Citizens Arrest Podcast. But we'll get to that a little bit later of the show. So how you been? How, how was your day? I've been good. Uh, I just finished like a really big deadline at work. So on to the next project with another quick turnaround. So it's been busy. You know, I've worked a lot of hours. So I got to kind of come home and not have to work today. So it's been a good day. <laughs> good. And it's interesting you say uh, the deadline and then you have another one. This this real world stuff. It's, it, it can be uh, stressful at times, but I will add to getting to know you, you actually one of the few people, and I told you that, that actually love their job. So I do. So can, can you just explain to the world a little bit of, of, of how can someone love their job? I mean, it's one of those things where I, so right after I... I have a complicated like college history. Come on. I, I went to art too. school. Okay. Uh, <laughs> everyone was like, what the, you know, are we allowed to curse? Can we curse? Yeah. You want to okay. flag with too? Be, be yourself. Cause when they listen to your <laughs> podcast, they're going to be like, oh yeah, she was cussing like a sailor. Mer. Did you tell her not to cut? So no, go ahead. You good. You good. <laughs> so I was, everyone was like, what the fuck? Why you want to be poor? And so, you know, I think that, uh, I applied for like upper division. I didn't get in. I was torn. I think it was more so the feedback I got. I said it was a little, my style was too urban and underdeveloped. So I was like, mm. fuck y'all mean. This is because I'm too black. You know, I was really mad. I was a hothead. Like, I really wasn't trying to hear shit. If, if you didn't agree with me, you are wrong. Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, I was 19. I was 19 and I came from a super sheltered background. And 
I majored in just whatever. So I was interested in how people thought, family and human development. So how people, it's sociology basically, but in terms of relationships in, within families, within couples. And I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist, but I ended up having no job after college because my job as a student was for students only. And I started working at an online high school. Okay. And, uh, you know, I hated it. I was working on the phones, basically doing customer service, telling people why their kid is failing and all of that. And uh, they were like, why don't you teach? And since I was like a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. I love teaching. But then I was like, I don't want to be poor when I was in high school. So I never went the education route in college. I didn't want to waste my time. So I ended up teaching for three years online high school. And I loved the course. Like, I didn't like the courses, like the the actual content. I was like, this is boring. Mm -hmm. Why would anybody want to take this course? So then I was like, please, like this intro, like career course that I was teaching because I was an electives teacher. Mm -hmm. I was like, let me rewrite this, please. Like, I can do it better. Like, I know I can. So they're like, okay, fine. I later found I could get paid for this. And I was like, bet I'm really good at this. The new class is way better than the old class. And I found out that that career was called instructional design. So, you know, me being me, did my research. (laughs) I was like, I've been putting off getting my master's because what the hell am I going to get it in? And then I found the perfect program. I took it. And as I was in that program, I was a junior instructional designer and working um, to create curriculum for high schools. And now I work corporate because education is a crazy world. And I just didn't feel like I could do it anymore working in education is a whole nother podcast episode (laughs) topic but um yeah so i'm a corporate instructional designer basically our clients are um you know major corporations and retailers all the way down to the little guys that are like hey we have this information that we need to create trainings on like e-learning trainings or either facilitated trainings or uh, like even a simple thing like a job aid like here's a one sheet you know, reference guide for when you're on the phone handling X type of call. Mm -hmm. So I get to design the courses. So it mixes my artist side as a graphic designer where I get to do a lot of visual stuff. So that makes me happy. I get to be creative. But then I also get to use my academic side um, because I'd like to think that I'm smart. Um, (laughs) Know a little bit some some. So I can... um, use the that for the design aspect how am i going to create this course to make it the most you know not just fun but like enjoyable i don't want people to take a you know a 30 hour course right you know a bunch of different lessons like ugh, i hate this Mm because why am i going to make my job for someone to hate their job so i get to be academic i get to be creative I get to do a lot of different things and if I have an idea, I'm allowed to pursue it. You know, it's not, I don't feel cuffed or anything to a specific method. So I love my job. I love my company and I get to kind of combine. It's just like, and people always say like instructional design, like, what is that? Like, how did you find it? It's like, if you like something, there's a career out there for you. You just got to find it. You got to dig and you know take what you're good at take what you love and yeah it's stressful like "Ah, i got 14 hours before this is supposed to launch and this slide is not working and they can't move on and take their test what am i supposed to do and it just allows me to problem solve and because my job is to design the course so i work with subject matter experts so for example if you're a tax agent like a tax person 
you tell me everything you know about taxes and give me all the information and I will design it. So I'm basically an information architect mm. and I digest the information for any person to learn it. So I get to learn a lot of things. I know a lot of things about taxes. I know a lot of things about POS systems. I know a lot of things about healthcare. So I get to feed my thirst for knowledge while providing knowledge and being creative at the same time. So if you want a jackpot job, as I like to call it, try to figure out what you love doing, figure out your skills, figure out what makes you happy and what you're good at. It doesn't always have to be like super academic or like office centered, but mm -hmm. there's a job out there for that type of thing. Whatever your thing or combination of things are, there's a job out there for you. Wow. Well, that's well, for them listeners, like, okay, then now, what, 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 now, let me go back and play that. Yeah, please do, because growing up, and that's why I was asking, and thank you for answering that question. Mm -hmm. How I grew up, and I guess you know, in, in our culture, it's kind of like just be, just find something that you're good at instead of find something that you love to do. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. for for you to actually say, hey, it's something out there for everybody now. It might be that listener like, yeah, I'm doing a job or I have a quote unquote career that I'm making a lot of money, but mm -hmm. I can't stand it. So yeah. if you find something, but it's like you said, as far as the kind of the educational part of um, like working, it's really no money in that particular field. What if you actually love something, but it's no money involved or is not able to take care of your lifestyle? Then what would you recommend then? I would recommend finding like a like I guess when I was teaching, I had a part time job working marketing for um, like a, the company that we got our curriculum from. Mm -hmm. uh, they had they wanted to have like real people who work from the school being their ambassadors instead of just hiring other people who don't know anything about what I did. So like as a teacher, I would teach people, but I also part time get paid with this other company. To go out to different events throughout the entire state just like hey come to our school like i actually teach at the school like i can tell you anything you need to know so i got to have like i'm really good at customer service and that's that goes back to your comment of you know find something you're good at i'm really great with talking with people but energy wise it's super exhausting like my fir my first job at that online school was you know answering calls making sure you got your transcripts you know, being a great customer service person, smile on your face all the time. Mm -hmm. Great at it. You know, top of my team ended up training pretty much half the team that they hired after me and um, got to a point where my bosses were like, why don't you just do this for everybody? Because we don't want to deal with these people. They learn too slow, but I'm a very patient person. So I'm a great teacher. And so like that was something I was good at, but that's not what made me happy. And it didn't even make me money. So, Gosh. you know, it's there's a... There's a lot of ways you can find a side hustle. Like you might be a teacher because you love teaching, but can you teach in a different way where you're not at a, you know, a brick and mortar K through 12 school nice. that can give you a level up in your paycheck. If that's what you're looking for. There's a lot of teachers that go from, you know, not just teaching college, but you know, corporate training as well, or adult learning. There's a lot more money in, you know the private sector or the corporate sector than there is in the public sector obviously for a lot of different avenues of careers so um it's like the difference if you love being an accountant you can be an accountant for a major company and make a ton of money and hate your job or you can make you know good money 
working for a smaller company where you love your job, or you could be a freelancer. That's always another option. Like I absolutely love the company I work for, but I also love being able to have the option where like, if I ever wanted to be independent, I could. And, um, right now I don't really have the desire to be an entrepreneur, but I know down the line that I will be. Nice. And Mm -hmm. that's another thing that I've been kind of on the fence on. It's kind of like, uh, I enjoy what I do far as my, how I pay my bills, but also Mm -hmm. the entrepreneur world, the entrepreneur life is like, yes, I can do this and you would never hear me say, oh, never get a job. Never, you know, whether it's a nine to five, you if you can balance both, I say go for it. You know what I mean? So I think as podcasters and I'm going to get to that a little bit later as well. Mm-hmm. You have so many people say, oh, you know, I, I don't like what I do. It sucks. That's why I'm trying to do my own thing. Yeah, but how did you pay for your equipment? <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. Never... Sometimes you have to have a job to find your career. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I've had a lot of jobs, but I I can honestly say, you know, I didn't start my career until to, uh, January 2017. I mean, I guess the three years I taught could be part of my career, the start of my career. There you go. But like as an instructional designer, um, it's it's still fairly new. You know, I got my master's at the end. Like I felt like my master's was like it was being it's like going back to school without like having to do your four year degree all over again. Right. Like you got a bachelor's, but maybe maybe there's something you love and you don't know you love. Like explore it like talk to i i stalk people on linkedin i know that sounds like creepy but like i just typed in an instructional designer in my area or even outside and be like hey i'm considering a career in instructional design what advice can you give me what are pros and cons here's what i've read is this true what does your day-to-day look like and people in different industries like um ids like instructional design for sure so ids that worked for like a grocery store an id who worked independently an id who worked you know like major corporate company like google or apple and some of my classmates do work for google and apple and um i think although that's great i like that i'm in the middle i'm not 100 percent independent where i can do freelance work all the time Mm -hmm. but i'm not with a giant company i'm with a relatively like small company that still has like a startup feel but the names of the people i work with now if i ever like want to freelance i can say i have worked for this 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 and this in this company mm-hmm. in all these fields what can i help you with yeah. and that makes me more appealing than somebody who's like done stuff for just like on their own or mom and pop shops or something local i've worked with national international corporations so and i have relationships with people who work there mm-hmm. you know i finished up a contract at the end of last year before christmas and you know i'm still friends with some of those people on that team so recommendations and things like that will highly be to my advantage and i really recommend anyone in any career to make those friendships in different fields like get to know other people in other parts of your field because you might be in the job that you know in a career that's right for you but you might be at a company that isn't right for you right And that's what I was dealing with. You know, I was creating semester long courses, these four month to five month, you know, projects that sometimes I'd have to do in three months because somebody in sales made a made a promise. 
you know, or the CEO made a promise. So now we're working, you know, like 60 hour, 80 hour weeks to make sure we get these courses out doing bare minimum. It's like, I can't get behind bare minimum. Right. I know how much you're selling this for. This is someone's education out in California or, you know, Ohio or something like someone is taking this class and this is their education. Like you don't want to underserve the population because these are the kids that are going to come to be you know the generation after us like i don't want them to be dumb you know i don't want to give them bare minimum mm-hmm. i want them to be challenged mm-hmm. but anyways and you provide a lot of gems and, and 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 i want to just add to that like you said no matter what if you can build a genuine rapport with someone that you work with it really yeah. can go a long way because you might leave that company or they might leave that company, but they can still provide some type of, uh, you know, resource or provide a source for you to help you in your development. Like you said, no matter what you've done, it's going to add to where you are a valuable person in whatever, you know, field. Mm-hmm. Or industry that you decide to go in, so you and you might advantage. become that person too. Yeah. And referral bonuses are real, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. got two in one month. <laughs> there it is. There. It yeah, is. one of my coworkers now has I've known him for six years. We taught together, side by side, cubes next to each other. Uh, we started our masters together. Okay. Um, when I moved to the next company, I brought him on with me. Nice. And now that I'm here, I was like, y'all need to hire this dude. And he was hesitant. Like, I kind of like where I am right now. I was like, but is this what you want to do forever? Think big picture. And he, and I gave him all the details, you know, and he was like, all right, I'm applying. We'll see how it happens. He was the number one choice, hands down. And I'm, it's just like, this is my guy. This is my guy. Like, if I believe in you, if somebody believes in you, they will help you. Yeah. And maybe that's just me, um, but like I've had people hit me up on LinkedIn, like, "Hey, I heard that you guys, I saw that you guys were hiring, and I saw that you're an instructional designer. Like, can I talk to you? Like, what do you do? How do you like your job?" They just have questions. One girl was awesome, loved her, but I, I had coffee with her, and I said, "Listen, honey, you need like a more experience." I was like, "You have the mind for this." You have the personality, you have the soft skills and everything that you need for this job. What you have to do is learn everything. You need to know, you know, X, Y, Z things for this type of job. You seem very organized, so I don't think that that's going to be an issue for you. And she was like, oh, my God, thank you. And I was like, anytime you need me, hit me up. She's hit me up a few times since, too. And she, obviously, she didn't get the job because she literally fresh out of college from a different completely different you know career field um but she's switching gear she discovered this kind of too little too late kind of like i did and so she's gonna have to put in the time to get to where she needs to be and she's already taken e-learning courses online that feed into a master's program i was like you go ahead girl i support you i don't know you except (laughs) for this one coffee day but yes because seeing the effort she puts in makes me want to hire her like 10 years from now not even that let's, let's say five years from now we we i'm looking to hire somebody i'll hit her up because you build in that rapport early because yes and i know that she's capable if she hasn't done anything in the last five years well, obviously, obviously probably right. not but if i see that she's been like putting you know doing what she said she wanted to do and she's really working for it the same way i wanted to work for what i wanted to do then yeah hell yeah if you believe in yourself i'll believe in you if you don't believe in yourself why should i care 
So I know that sounds really harsh, but oh, no, no. What the, the this world we live in is a doggy dog world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no, that's not being harsh. And what? How was it? Your upbringing was it someone that you you know grew up you know admiring to where you have to pay it forward if you can lend a hand, you will do it. Because everybody don't um, have that. Yeah, I think that like it's a combination of like my dad and Oprah. Okay. So my dad, even when we were, I don't, I don't want to say we struggled. Like we were always doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there were times where we were better off than others. But like my dad would never say no to helping somebody. Gotcha. You know, um, people that have like really, really been there for him. He was always like drop everything been there for them too Mm -hmm. and you know knowing oprah's history in her life and then she has those like favorite things for spring just giving giving shit away Mm -hmm. just Mm because because she could i would love to do that you know unfortunately the way my bank account is set up i can't (laughs) but like if if i'm out and my friend is just like oh I, i can't go out to eat because you know, I'm on a budget. I'm saving for this trip. Girl, I'm buying you dinner. Come hang out with me. You know, like you're doing something responsible and you're actually like being responsible and saving money because you want to go on this trip instead of just blowing money on your credit card and like being in debt. You know, like I, I appreciate, I support smart behavior and um, anybody around me, like I feel like they would do the same thing for me. Yeah. If it's like, damn, I'm hungry. I'm stuck at work. You know, I've had friends show up with lunch for me because they're like, oh, I'm off. I'll bring you food. You know, like wow. just see me for five minutes and I have to go right back to working and shoveling food in my face. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's this. I know people who have really done well for me as well in my I don't know. I don't want to say my career, but even before that, as a student mentors I've had in high school. And so because I've had these people like that makes me want to pay it forward too. And I know like in Islam, um, so I'm Muslim. I don't know if we've mentioned that already, but like in Islam, they say like, when you give, God will give it right back to you. Mm -hmm. So if you like just being monetary, but um, let's say I gave, you know, a hundred dollars to somebody and I'm like, don't worry about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, like something happens and my job is like, everyone gets $100. Here's a bonus. Yep. Now I got my $100 back. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it, I didn't have a ton to give, but I gave what I could. Mm-hmm. And that reward comes right back to you. And like simple things like um, I ordered Postmates last night and <laughs> the guy who brought my food was someone I know from my childhood, but I don't think he remembers me. Or he looked at me crazy like, I think I, I know, know this you. person. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I'm not acknowledging this. Took my food, said thank <laughs> you, and I closed the door because I really just didn't feel like starting a conversation. And that's just real. So I gave him a $10 tip, which I never do. I never give that much for the little that I was buying. Mm-hmm. And so, but then I got my food and it was burned. So I complained on um, Postmates and I was like, my food had an issue. It was burned. So they're like, Here's a, here's a refund for like eight something. And I was like, oh, that's almost $10. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. So it's not always that instant, but we believe that whatever, it's karma, essentially. Yeah. What goes around will come around. You put in good, good will always come back to you. And 
And that is definitely a fact. And being, you know, talking more on the spiritual side now, you, you you're you're a Muslim. Um, growing mm-hmm. up as Muslim, how how was that? Because the the average person, you know, is is you know some type of a Christian, Catholic. You know, I I have Muslims in my family, but I didn't grow up with a lot of them. I mean. A lot of people yeah. don't grow up with a lot of Muslims. So how was that for you making them adjustments? Like when it's certain, you know, like you said, teachings of the book, the good book, as we generalize, like yeah. h- how was that for you and not trying to be disrespectful of your faith and how your family, you know, raised you? Well, my family was pretty liberal. You know, my dad was very secular. Um, I mean, we went to Sunday school. We were always, you know, dressed modestly. And, you know, no one ever really forced me to wear hijab. I kind of had this existential crisis at 13. Like, what is life? We are but an iota in this universe. Like, at 13, like, I'm literally summer vacation, sleeping in, waking up. And this is, like, my first thought in my head. So... (laughs) My, my younger sister, she's eight years my junior, and we would go to the library and rent DVDs. So we would rent all these videos on like different types of religions, and I'm faith exploration mode right now. Gotcha. And I landed back on like, yeah, this shit makes sense. This is what I want to be. So I went full blown like hijab, long loose clothes, everything. You know, like I I just kind of deep dive but like growing up in Sunday school they would tell you like all these things and I I would just believe it and as I got older I'm like oh that doesn't really make sense you know like I I look at context and like I have a big background in research um, due to like what I studied in school so I something simple as like there's um, so there's different things outside of the Quran like so hadith is basically like if the prophet muhammad peace be upon him said something they would say okay this guy this scholar said the prophet said this Mm -hmm. but there's different authenticities when it comes to hadith there's weak hadith and strong hadith so the difference is how long of a game of telephone is it are is there 40 people in the chain of narration so and so said that so and so said that so and so and so on all the way you know or is it one or two people? So the stronger hadith or things the prophet said are shorter the line of telephone. So there's one that's a pretty weak hadith that, you know, with social media can spread very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was one, like one who plucks her eyebrows and the one who plucks it for her will be cursed by God. And I'm just like, but why? Mm-hmm. Why is doing your eyebrows such a cursed act? Who are you hurting? And um, I look at the context and it was like, and if I'm wrong or if I'm misinformed on any of this, but this is just my own research. I am not a scholar. I am not an expert. So don't come after me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> don't at <her>. um, <laughs> Don't at me on this. <laughs> but it was basically like from what I've read, the context was, you know, Muslims should look different than the people who were disobeying or disbelieving in God. So there was a tra- you know a trait of a prostitute where they would pluck their eyebrows very 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 thinly. That was a thing in you know 600 whatever. Mm-hmm. So as a Muslim, as a believer, you should not try to look like that. That isn't a beauty trend you should ascribe to. Um but when you talk about like relevance, okay, take that lesson. Don't look like the prostitutes walking the streets. Don't look like you know, the people who are not 
in the same level of not level of faith but like monotheistic lane as you are so to me in my interpretation today don't look like a prostitute don't look like a hoe mm -hmm. so what are the things that like prostitutes you know like other like i don't want to generalize sex workers but like you know there's a certain type of outfit where you see like that looks like something a stripper would wear mm -hmm. don't wear that mm -hmm. that's not something you should wear you know and like I guess the stereotypical like mini skirt fishnets you know like extremely tall like high heels like if i was wearing that on a street corner you might mistake me for a prostitute that's correct right that's so correct. like and i don't mean to like I, if i'm touching on any stereotypes please forgive me but that's kind of like how i was thinking about this maybe 10 years ago mm -hmm. and i have grown since so <laughs> just oh yeah but disclaimer oh yeah <laughs> so it's just like getting your eyebrows like shaped or threaded or waxed you know, to look like a regular shape now is such a worldwide normality. Like people from like, you know, preacher's wives all the way down to like whoever, mm -hmm. everybody at any status in anywhere in the world does their eyebrows just to clean them up, make them look nice, you know, trim them. Like, it's not like you're plucking it to, to look, you know, it's, it's just like a, it's a part of like people get their nails done people get their brows done you know and there's nothing that if oh your brows look nice you're not gonna be like damn she a hoe like <laughs> that girl must work a corner look at them arches you know like no one thinks that so that right. like norm from a thousand plus years ago is no longer a norm so like am i is everyone on earth every woman man whoever you know plucks or threads or waxes their eyebrows or are they all going to be cursed like it just doesn't makes sense and if we are god forgive us but like <laughs> i i just i fail to see that so i think me having that perspective today using the eyebrows story as an example i like to look at things in context mm -hmm. when it comes to faith like and i know a lot of muslims that are like oh well in the quran it says this it's like yeah but you're also taking it literally mm. you're taking it literally word for word or you heard some Muslim clergymen say this and now you believe it you do absolutely no research and some people won't do that and you know my girlfriend and I we talk about this all the time like am I arrogant for feeling like why don't you want to research you know why don't you di dive deep like not everyone's gonna do that mm -hmm. deep dive and finding out why mm -hmm. some people will be like well you know the imam said right that this is forbidden so I'm just never gonna do it mm -hmm. You know, but if I live my life that way, someone in high school, like one of my Sunday school teachers, very conservative woman, you know, wore niqab, which is where you cover your face. She was like wearing red is, you know, basically women should only wear like light grays, black, white, blues, pinks, nothing too flashy. Like red is forbidden. Mm -hmm. Red is my favorite color. So I actually started to take red out of my wardrobe for a while. But then I was like, fuck this. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> why is a color forbidden like mm -hmm. what the fuck like what sense does that make they're like oh you're attracting the eye of men and what about holding men accountable okay like so because a car is red and that attracts your eye like whatever but like i as a woman now have to like not wear a certain color because it might make a man want to just rip my, his clothes off and like take me in the middle of the day like no i refuse to believe that women are solely responsible for men's actions no no 
And there's a lot of women who are like, oh, so-and-so got raped. Oh, well, what was she wearing? Oh, well, I mean, if she wore hijab, that wouldn't have happened. I know plenty of women who wear hijab that have been sexually assaulted mm-hmm. and abused. So don't come at me with, oh, was she wearing red? Mm-hmm. You know, and my mother, she's like, that woman is wrong. Like, I don't know why you believed her. I don't know why you didn't ask me. And I'm like, well, you paid for the Sunday school that I go to. I assumed what you were sending me to was correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just taken it upon myself to really, really like, learn things for myself and have my own connection with god and that's why i love islam because when you pray or even when you're trying to talk to god like there's no priest that you ask for confessions you want to repent you just talk to god Mm -hmm. i could be sitting right here and in my head being like god forgive me for the shit that i just said Mm -hmm. if i'm wrong you know please forgive me you know and it's it's that very personal it's only for me right so although like i don't wear hijab anymore you know i have tattoos and I have 13 piercings. I mean, my grandma doesn't know I got tattoos, but <laughs> my, parents, my parents don't like it. They're just like, just don't tell your grandma. You know, like that was actually their first reaction to like me coming out was like, whatever you do, don't tell your grandmothers mm. um, because they'll never understand. Yeah, They're still very conservative and you know, the imam said this, so it must be wrong. They mm. still want me to like wear long dresses down to the ground and cover my hair and keep my head down and nod and say, okay, but I can't dim my light and just you know like be subservient i can't be i don't want to say domesticated because that's not the right word but that's what's coming to my head and i just can't be like like boxed in with your thoughts and i I can't be like uh, what's the word oh there's a word trying to think of this word let me see Um, um obedient categorized um i'm with you doing what i'm told right right you know like a woman should be this and a woman should be that like men can sit around and have a conversation and tell all their opinions and say things and get riled up and whatever but as a woman i have to keep quiet sharing my opinions that might stray from what i'm like i'm supposed to be like yes i would love to find a god-fearing husband and have 2.5 children maybe seven you know like (laughs) and you know like have desire in like serving my husband for the sake of god and i'm like oh god okay what if i don't want to have children (gasps) god forbid don't ever say that and you know even simple things like i i've gotten to a point where i have to stop fighting with my grandma and i just say okay because she'll be like oh thank you can you grab me this i'm like all right here you go thank you god bless you and may god bless you with a god-fearing husband and beautiful children and a loving family Oh my God. I mean, like grandma, it's like, I know that's all great and stuff, but why don't you make a prayer for me for something that I actually would love? And this is when I was still job searching. So it's like, pray for me that I get my dream job, a job that I desire. And you know, the husband, whatever, they'll come later, you know, like she doesn't know. <laughs> so, and she was like, well, why don't you want a husband? Why don't you want children? Like, well, you do God don't ever adopt, you know, you should have your children naturally if God gives it to you. And I'm like, I don't want to get pregnant. I never desire to be pregnant ever. I never, never wanted to. I might adopt a kid that's already like, you know, five, potty trained, you know. There you go. I can handle that. You're a toddler. You have words. You can speak to me. I can speak mm-hmm. back to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can have communication. I just, I can't deal with infants, the diapers, and all of that. Like an accident here or there handled. You know, my sister is so much younger than me that I used to change her diapers. So, like, I, I I feel like it's a momminess is a been there, done that for me at 28. You know, 
But I taught her how to walk. I taught her how to eat, drive, go to school. You know, like. So you I'm, definitely I'm, got the qualities to do it. You know what I mean? I can do it. I'm very <laughs> nurturing. I'm very motherly. But do I want to be a mom? Absolutely not. And that's why I'm applaud you because look how many people put their thoughts or put their life into you. Well, you should do this because I did. Or mm-hmm. because I live this certain way and look at me. Like you said, well, you need to have that God fearing husband. You need to look a certain way to attract this. And how many people, when we, and for that listener out there as well, that's like, man, y'all starting to hit on some, some stuff. I'm fighting that right now, whether it's my, my mom, my grandmother, my brother, mm-hmm. whoever it is, my job, trying to Thank change. People, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I stopped doing that last year. When I, 2017, when I came out, I was like, I can no longer uphold this facade that I'm going to do. And I have been doing everything that I've been told. And this is not like shots at my parents or anything. My parents are like very wonderful. And, you know, especially my mom, shout out to my moms. But I have done what you wanted me to do. And it's not working for me. It caused me to be extremely depressed you know my anxiety was extremely high all the time and I still have anxiety but you know I feel like I can cope with it better I've literally gone to therapy to undo all of these knots and habits of concealing like oh I can't do this because what if this person's gonna what if they're gonna say this or you know like what if they disapprove okay if they disapprove walk you know, like even simple things like when I started my podcast, like I'm not going to be like, oh, why don't you listen? And, you know, like, oh, she I thought she was my friend and she doesn't mm-hmm. even follow me. You know, like right. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. If you like it, you listen to it. If you don't, don't. I'm not mad. I don't care. I really don't. If you follow and support, you follow and support. You know, there are strangers that are like, oh, my God, I love your podcast. I can't wait every other Tuesday. I wait for it. But people I've known for years are like, oh, you got a podcast? Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm laughing because that's, that's, I'm in the same you know, boat as well. Like, oh, you, you got a podcast? But yeah, you, you impact people that don't even, they didn't even grow up with you or don't even know you and be like, oh, I love you. I like you say, I look forward to, you know, seeing, you know, every Tuesday or how often you drop just because you bring us something to the table that they enjoy and mm-hmm. and it's I'm, not for everyone i'm not for everyone and i think go. that's what i had to learn yep yep and i was going to ask you before why you started podcast and how you got the name when you decided to come out and this is going to help somebody because like you said you, you you're trying to live this facade of somebody that's you know not you Mm-hmm. So what was that breaking point for you to say, you know what, hell or high water, this is me and I don't care who it offends, quote unquote, or who's bothered mm-hmm. by it, but I, I, I'm, I'm about to come out with my truth. So I had a trip planned to Thailand with a friend of mine okay. and uh, I went and it was the first time in like a year and a half where I had no work like I act a real vacation, like not I'm on vacation, but I got to work at night kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just no schoolwork. You know, I did everything I needed before I left. And I just had all this time to think. I had free space in my head to actually sit in my feelings and sit in my thoughts and reflect. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm sitting, you know, we went to the beach. They're all in the ocean. I'm like, I'm good, thanks. Um, I'm just chilling. And I just was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Am I? I'm living this big lie because I moved in with my dad because him and my mom had just gotten divorced my apartment was a piece of shit and i moved out so he's like oh i just nice having you around just stay here stop looking for an apartment i'm like "Mm, okay (laughs) but i had a girlfriend at the time that she was like my first real like real girlfriend and we had met in august and i went to thailand in like november so we would talk and communicate and I'm just like, my siblings know about her. My friends know about her, but I could never tell my parents. And she almost had this resentment towards my culture because of how I lived my life. Like this double life. Like I can only stay over until about 4 a.m. And then I have to drive home and get home and be home before like my dad gets home. You know? And like, I mean, we would do, I would do homework and she would do her work work. And, um, so it wasn't always just like running around doing stuff like she had a child and all this. So it was just like I could only be around her certain times or like, hey, I can't come to this because I have to do this and I can't say no to my family. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like I'm busy. So in that time in Thailand, I was like, why am I hiding her? Why am I not able to do anything publicly about this person that I supposedly love? Mm-hmm. And so finally I said, fuck it, you know, I'm going to do it. I had this bad dream that like I got punched in the face, you know, and every time it got more brutal and brutal. But then when I told my dad, absolutely nothing happened. He just, he didn't say anything. He didn't know what to say. And, you know, there was that. Uh, My mom and I had a very emotional conversation and we have a very strong relationship now that is replacing a non-existent relationship prior to me coming out. Mm. We had zero connection. Like, I had nothing to talk to her about. She didn't really know how to talk to me. And now I talk to her pretty much every day. She's like my BFF. Like, I help her. (laughs) She helps me. You know, like, she feels like she can vent to me. And like, ah, I've just been dealing with this. And, you know, like, she's even, like, open to going to therapy. Like, my mom is just, like, flowering, you know, blooming. And it's not your typical mom. And I'm glad that we are closer now. So... Coming out was so liberating because it wasn't only like I had to hide being a lesbian. I had to hide behind clothes. You know, I had to hide behind friends. You know, I had to have a bunch of straight friends to like outweigh the ratio of how many of my friends were gay. You know, I had to wear, you know, a lot of dresses and, you know, girly things and be super femme because the minute I wore a baseball cap t-shirt and some cutoff shorts... Mm with the no makeup then i look like that girl's gay you know i cut all my hair off i've always wanted to cut my hair but i didn't want to seem i don't want people being like she looked like a lesbian mm-hmm. you know because that ref, not only reflects me it reflects my family mm-hmm. and i just i didn't do it and even now at like big cultural functions and you know like i went to a wedding recently like the youth know you know like my cousins their friends you know we're all we all kind of know each other Richard muslims like we got a network, you know, we know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know, they don't care. They're like, be you, proud of you, live your truth. But like their parents, how, how are you? Like they look at me like, why did you cut all your beautiful hair off? You know, like, well, you look, why do you want to have hair like a boy? You know, they're very blunt people. Mm-hmm. 
and that's just the culture and it's just like i choose whether or not i want to talk about it so it's not hiding you know like i'm blessed to have a you know, girlfriend now who grew up very deep in the church and like she gets it you know you can't just be like i'm gay rainbow 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 because that's gonna affect your parents it's gonna affect your family and how people treat them it's not just about you so to anyone who is thinking about coming out understand that coming out is on your terms and on your pace and maybe one day i'll be like i don't care if your grandma knows i'm a lesbian you know but today it's not the day right it's a kind of stress that i culturally being east african that's not a stress i want to have right now mm-hmm. so my parents know i don't have to hide my lifestyle from my parents my siblings are supportive my cousins, you know, like I said, they don't really give a fuck. They're just kind of like, I'm so proud of you. Be you, you know? Like, even my cousins that might have been homophobic are like, because I love you, I support you. Come on. So, build build the, build the your tribe. Your friends are going to be a really, really good, good support for you. And feel your feelings. You know, when I came out and my dad and I weren't speaking, that was two months of like being on the verge of crying for two months straight because I held on to that sadness. I thought about it. But another time when we spoke months later, you know, I my therapist was like, feel your feelings. I listened to this great TED talk and it was just like when you have an emotion, you know, your body has a chemical reaction and you have this rush and that really literally only lasts like 90 seconds. Mm, okay. And if you can pass that, then you've survived. You know, so when you're feeling sad or upset or, you know, any type of feeling that you might consider negative, allow yourself to have that moment. You know, there were some things, some words exchanged that really hurt my feelings. I went home. My friend was like, hey, girl, let's get some lunch. And I was like, I need you to come over right now. You know, she brought me food. She sat with me. She listened to me cry. I got it all out. And I felt I let myself have that sad moment. And I went right back to work the next day and, you know, it was a Sunday. So like on Monday, I went back to work. Not like nothing happened, but I was able to continue living my life without having to hold on to that heavy weight of sad. And it's a it's a mindset for sure. So it's a very powerful mindset to have and it takes a while to build it. But that is advice that I would give to anybody who wants to come out. Well, good for you, and, and, and thank you for, for sharing that story and, and your testimony because, like you said, it, it's a mentality. And just in, in life, for anything that you have to go against the grain, like you said, being an entrepreneur, uh, mm-hmm. you got to go against the grain because people, like we said, our grandparents and, and people that are setting their ways, hey, you, as long as you get that, that nine to five, come home, take care of your family, do it again. That's the life. Like no, mm-hmm. I, I got I, I'm not gonna listen to that. I love you, grandma. I love you, you know, whoever that elder might be. I love you, mm-hmm. but I gotta do this because this is how I truly feel. You know, as another example and and just whether like you say your sexuality or any key decisions that you make, if you gave yourself that quiet time and it's getting stronger and stronger, it's like, hey, this this is this is something I gotta do. And I think living in your truth is exactly. very important. And I'm in leadership. I'm, I'm just going now. This definitely going a curveball, but I'll get back in, in line. But when you, when you <laughs> when you are working with people, it's not up to me to judge what they right. do. They're there to provide a, a result that's helping them get paid. Mm-hmm. Anything other than that, 
I have no business to judge, to give a hard time if I don't agree. You know what I mean? It's just, hey, let's let's, let's find that common denominator. Denominator. Let's find that common goal. Let's work toward it. And hey, whatever you gotta do, that's cool. But let's while we're here together under this clock, let's make it do what it do and peace. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that should be how most people live their life. Like you know, you you know, on social media as well as me, and we see that like, hey, mind your business today. That's why a lot of people are saying that. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, why are you trying to dig in to find stuff that really don't matter or pertain to you? Right. So, and I think there are people who they their business is to make other people's business their business. So when I meet people like that, I'm like, do you, like I know it's kind of cliche to be like, oh, they have no life. Like they really don't have anything <laughs> going on of their own. So. They keep themselves busy by thinking about other people's moves. Mm-hmm. And I know people like that mm-hmm. where all they do is, oh, girl, did you hear? Oh, yeah, I saw this. Did you mm-hmm. see this Instagram post where this girl did this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Girl, I would never. You know, it's like all they talk about is other people. It's like, yeah. when was the last time you said, hey, girl, I got a promotion or yeah. I'm thinking about doing this? Like, you never talk about what moves you're making because all you care about is you, you keep yourself occupied and idle with other people's moves to the point where you have none of your own. So you're going to be 45, 50, 60 years old and be like, what the fuck have I accomplished? Other than keeping a, a very detailed log of what everybody you know did. Boy, this is a good episode. I mean, that <laughs> song by Lil Duval, I'm living my best life, can't this go back and forth life. with your figures. Yeah. <laughs> Anthem. Anthem. Let me tell you, a lot of people love that song and don't even really know it. Mm-hmm. Like they don't. Not that they know it, that they like the song, but they don't know what the meaning he's behind it. Yep. The meaning. Like mm-hmm. I'm living my best life. Yep. You know, I chose to live my best life, and I don't have time to go back and forth with you about dumb shit. <laughs> you know, like I can't. I don't have time. <laughs> You like it? Cool. This is why I'm not in sales. Like, honestly, this is why I've never been in sales. And I'm glad that I've applied that attitude to the rest of my life. Like, hey, ma'am, this is a nice lotion. Would you like to buy it? Nope. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. You know, like, you want it? Okay. Let me tell you all about this. Okay. Is this much? You know, I could tell you all about it. But if you ain't about it, then why do I care? Yep. Yep. You know? Move on. Yes, that. Boy, that's good because to your point, them salespeople. Oh, I need to. I gotta convince them. I gotta convince them. No, I shouldn't have to convince you. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't. I mean, then there might be a small percentage of persuading or persuasion, mm-hmm. but to convince, no, nah, I, 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 no, I'm not doing that. That's why I'm not in sales. Right. Like I'm the type of person where, like, when I walk by in the mall and they're like, "Oh, we're having a sale on perfume. You want to try this?" Like. If in my head, I'm like, hmm, I've been looking for a new perfume. <laughs> okay, tell me what you got. No, I'm good. That's not what I'm interested in. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm very sure. And I just keep walking. Yep. I was very polite. I gave my exit. I said my farewell. And I'm out. And like that might seem rude to some people because you're still talking to me. But it's like I was polite and I gave my goodbye. No, I'm not interested. Thank you so much. Have a great day. See ya. Mm-hmm. You know, keep walking, going about my day. Um, I shouldn't have to beg you 
to like me. Yep. I shouldn't have to beg you to be my friend. Mm-hmm. My, uh, you know, I shouldn't have to beg you to do anything. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a part of my life, you can be a part of it. Mm-hmm. If I choose not to be a part of your life, don't force me into being a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've come very quickly to realize in the last year how many people in my past, and even I can see it now in the present, like, they're opportunistic. Oh, where you got a podcast? I've been thinking about starting a podcast. Mm, you know nothing about me, and now you want to exchange numbers because you found out that I have a skill that you desire, which is fine. If you want to network and learn and, you know, talk to somebody who's been doing it for a short, short while, you know, like I've already started it. So I have, you know, the how long that I plan, like what microphone did I buy? I can answer those questions for you right now. I can give you my email. You can follow my Instagram and DM me. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we have to be best friends. Like that's the thing is like people are like, girl, let's grab dinner. You know, I went out with some friends a couple weeks ago and ran into somebody from college. She's like, oh, my God, hey, yeah, I miss you. Like, oh, my God, I think we should totally have dinner sometime. And I don't know if this is rude, but I was like, yeah, I don't really, like, talk to any of those people anymore. Like, yeah, she's like, yeah, everybody kind of went their own ways. And I really only talked to so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, I just, I really just don't like when people feel obligated to, like, be best friends again. Like, we were very close in college. We had classes together. We went through shit together. You know, that bonded us. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that. And it was great. And we went our separate ways. And that's okay. Yeah. And I have my life now. And I like the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like some people, yeah, I definitely, I wanted to reconnect with them. You know, and it was mutual. And, you know, now we're still really close. You know, there might have been a few years gap. But, you know, it fell right back. But that's because the energy was that way. Mm-hmm. But you can always know when the energy is not that way. Yeah. But this picture, it's just, it was out of an obligation. Like when you see somebody at the grocery store, like, hey, girl, I haven't seen you. Like, oh, we should grab coffee sometime. Yeah, we should. Mm-hmm. You on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> and then you never speak again. That's real. Yeah, that's impulse communication. I, 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 like to I don't see. care to connect with you socially if I'm never going to see you again. Yeah, exactly. If you want to follow me, cool. Yeah. But I mean, I, I know it sounds rude, but like, I really didn't care. To hang out with her. Right, right. Not because I just, I, I look at things of what value can I add to this person? And what value can they add to me? Is it one-sided? Is it mutual? And it's something I'm still finding a balance in. Like, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to speak to you at all because you're no value to me. Like, that sounds arrogant. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not. But it's it's a thing that I think about. Like, right, right. is this person only extending this invitation because we just happened to run into each other? Mm-hmm. Do they genuinely care? Like, if I just happened to run into somebody and maybe we didn't exchange information, but I genuinely care to, like, find them, I'll try to go find them on social media. Or, like, I'll ask them for their number, and if they want to give it to me, great. But if the conversation twisted and turned and we never exchanged, then there's that. You get your answer. So I'm very protective of my energy, of who I spend my time with, um, who I speak to on a regular basis, who I see... Um, some people, I have friends that I only text. Mm. They might, they might live here, but they're like 30 minutes away. So like, we really only text because every time I plan to hang out with them, they cancel Mm. or they flake. It's like, I just set aside four hours of my Saturday to hang out with you and canceled on my mom and my sister who are more important to me because I dedicated time for you. Come on. 
And my biggest pet peeve is wasting my time. Well, so you're not wasting your time here with the big homie on the flagrant too. So thank you. And the, and the energy <laughs> is there. They like Murph. Thank you for man. This is a dope episode. And the last question I have is yes. let, 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 let's elaborate more on the podcast. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier and we kind of like got sidetracked. Yeah, or I cool. did. No, it's good. It's good. No, this is good. The list is like, man, Murph, she got to come back. We want to hear on some more things. But the podcast, Citizens Arrest Pod, what made you decide to do the podcast and how did you get the title? So, podcasting, I started listening to podcasts in like 2013. And uh, I just found it fascinating. It's something I could just listen to and do other things and learn. And uh, I had a, a coworker when I was teaching who would listen to me do live sessions with my students. Mm. And he was like, have you ever considered a career in broadcasting? I think you'd do wonderful with mm-hmm. like radio or maybe television if you don't mind being on camera. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? He's like, I love listening to your sessions. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about stuff that whatever you're talking about but he's like i just love listening to your sessions and he's like your voice is just it's a distinct voice Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it deserves to be celebrated and i was like oh my god thank you you know he's an older man so i was like thank you mister you know like but i was still i was not good with me yet i was Mm. still in that hiding people pleasing doing what i need to do not what i want to do what i'm supposed to do i should say doing what i'm supposed to be doing and who has time to do extra things? But even as a child, my dream at 11 when SpongeBob came out, mm-hmm. I was like, Dad, I want to be a cartoon voice. Like, I want to be those people that do the voices for the shows. And that dream was like, that's not practical. One in a million people get those jobs. Like, you can never, like, voiceover work. I do voiceover work now yeah. because I want to for fun. Yeah. And I get to do that work for some of the courses. So that's kind of how the idea of a podcast kind of got planted in my brain. Okay. Um, and it took me five years to figure something out, but I think this summer I revisited that idea and you know, 2018 was the rebirth of me and I was like, why not? What is stopping me other than myself? Which is a lot of things in my life. What is stopping me Mm. other than myself? So the name comes from, okay, what did I want to talk about? I want to talk about, you know, me, I'm black, East African woman, Muslim, lesbian, that's five things that people sometimes don't know a lot about and uh, are very ignorant to and ask me stupid ass questions that, you know, I, I shouldn't say that. I should say ignorant questions. <laughs> and sometimes they just really just don't know, you know, or they're, you know, being awful towards me for a specific whatever of those five I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it occurred to me, it's like people just don't know. And I want to share stories where. I can bring something that people don't know a lot about to light and they can listen to it and be like, oh my God, interesting perspective. I had no idea. I didn't know that. Mm. Maybe I've been doing that for years. I need to stop doing that because that's offensive or there's a better way to ask that question. Like my first episode is just a 10 minute intro of why and what. Um, So if you guys want to listen to that. We're on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. there you go. SoundCloud, oh, this, yeah. and Spotify. But the name came from, like, if you ever been in a situation where, like, that situation was, like, super ignorant or 
you know, someone said something so ignorant, like, oh my God, I just want to arrest them for how illegal and, you know, because us children would be like, oh my God, you're so stupid, this should be illegal, you're so dumb, you should be arrested, like, it should be a crime how dumb you are, like, that was something we would do as we kids, did. like, yeah. seven, eight years old, but that was, like, our way of insulting each other, it was, like, right. our version of the Yo Mama jokes, like, right. so stupid, you should be in jail, so I was like, we should perform a citizen's arrest, like, you know, two ladies in Walgreens speaking Spanish, and a woman comes up to them like, go back to your country. This is America. Mm-hmm. Like that instance, she needs to be arrested. Right. And, you know, I know everybody talks about Becky's, but the white people that I like, Sarah's, they're the ones that like, no, you don't speak to these women this way. They can speak whatever language they want. You know, that is Sarah citizens arresting the woman who is making those ignorant comments. So mm-hmm. I want to hear stories of people from whatever and recently, actually, my last episode, I did something that was a little bit different where I brought somebody on. She's a she's a woman. She's a black owned uh, sex shop in Oakland called Feelmore. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed her to talk about, you know, different things when it comes to sex and sexuality that maybe people don't talk about or are ignorant to that I'm ignorant to. So it's more for me too. like I want to learn about things that I don't know a lot about. And I want my listeners to be able to have a platform to hear stories of people's actual personal things. Like, yeah, I I would have never thought to never say that to this person or the simple question of like, what are you? I'm a human fucking being, you know, like, no, but like, what are you? Are you like, I'm white. And so like, what are you? I'm black. No, but like you speak a different language. So you're not black. You're not like black, black. You're like what are you you know it's not just white people that do this like black people do this to me all the time so where are you from i'm from phoenix arizona no but like where were you born i was born in phoenix okay so like where did you grow up i was born and raised in phoenix arizona i've never really been anywhere else um and they're like nah but like (laughs) where are your parents from my parents live here too, bro. Like, what? He's like, nah. So, so like, no, like, for example, like, I'm black and Korean. So, like, what are you? It's like, I'm black. Like, I'm not going to get, like, when people ask you, what's your nationality? I'm American. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Phoenix. I love it. I love it. But if you, if you asked me, oh, hey, Hian, what's your ethnicity? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm Eritrean American. Mm-hmm. There you go simple knowing how to ask the right question and sometimes people don't know so i will tell them the answer they're looking for and correct them in the most nicest kindest way i can without sounding like an asshole because it does grind my gears but i also understand that like you don't know what you don't know you know and that's kind of how i got to the podcast and the the instance i kind of had this epiphany that really got me to this topic like when I was racking my brain, like, oh my gosh, what can I talk about? I don't know what I'm gonna talk about, you know? I it was, I was people were asking me about my job, and I was like, you know, I I didn't think about it, but like, I used to wear hijab when I was teaching, mm-hmm. and I was stuck in the same position for two years, like no increase in pay, no extra special, nothing. Like I couldn't get promoted. It was hard for me to get promoted within a company. It was hard for me to find a job, but. I never thought twice that like people might have felt uncomfortable because as soon as I stopped wearing my hijab, I felt like people asked, they talked to me more, you know, that fear of being politically incorrect caused them to avoid me from my peers all the way up to management, you know, like with hijab, they don't want to say anything offensive. So they kind of just 
shied away from including me or talking to me or really doing anything outside of hello here's work stuff okay bye um but i feel like when i stopped wearing hijab i became a regular ass person to them just another person i work with and i was more recognizable because it's not like oh there's a girl with a thing on her head look the other way so i don't have to talk to her because i don't want to say the wrong thing you know i really feel like that had a lot to do with it it's not because they hate muslims or they're afraid of muslims they don't they're more afraid of offending me and going to hr Mm. i feel like that's a bigger fear for i mean the company i worked for was mostly white so i think for white people that's a bigger fear is to say something ignorant and be slammed for it then they'd rather just keep their mouth shut and that i was like how could i have alleviated that situation boom citizens arrest powerful well i'm very 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 thankful that you decide to do it like you said i'm checked out the first few episodes i know you did just post on instagram which the listeners can get that as well um, mm-hmm. about the uh, the young lady that's in oakland who uh, sells sex toys and just and more <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so it's just something that I, i'm definitely applauding you for just doing the damn thing and no matter what people might say or traditionally you kind of setting your own trend and your own standards and for those out there it comes out every other tuesday and the citizens yep. arrest podcast is like she says, just sharing stories of ignorance of all forms to build a better society together. And special shout out to the gentleman from Talker Brothers. That's hey. how I was able to get a whiff of this young lady. It was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I, let me do more digging. So I was able to check it out, finish that episode. It's like, yo, I gotta be able to have her on the show and it was a great show thank you you for having me no thank you it actually went longer than anticipated as we just we talked about we just gonna let it let it be and see (laughs) how things go and and talking about from your journey from teaching you know still battling you know should i do this should i do this i'm gonna offend this person or not and now Mm -hmm. like yo I'm just going to do me. And that's powerful. So for those listeners out there, can you just let them know how they can reach you, where they can hear the podcast again? And Mm -hmm. that'd be it. So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Citizens Pod. You can also find my like page on Facebook, Citizens RS Podcast. Um, my website also is uh, citizenspod.com and if you want to share your story with me go ahead and DM me on um, any of those platforms except Twitter and SoundCloud because <laughs> I don't look at those <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's true y'all she, it took she us was... like three months <laughs> <laughs> she hit me up and that's why we both laughing because um, after I heard the episode with the Talker Brothers I actually reached out followed her on uh, on SoundCloud. I was like, yo, you know, you dope, good job. And, you know, I didn't think nothing of it, you know, and like she said, it was, yeah, it was weeks later. I was like, oh, well, shoot. And then she apologized. Again, I wasn't tripping because, again, she busy, I'm busy. And that's another thing I want to tell people. 
if people don't respond to you, quote unquote, in a timely fashion, please don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. They might just be in the middle of something, or like, just like you know, she said, I don't check SoundCloud that much, so you know. But again, look, look where we are now, giving y'all a dope episode at the end of the month. So there it is. Yes. <laughs> and um, if you'd like to share your story, or you have a a story, a story you'd like to share, you can hit me up on any of those. On uh, Instagram is probably the best, or Facebook, and then um, citizensarrest.pod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we post every other Tuesday. We posted, what was this Tuesday's date? Tuesday's date was the 26th. 26th. Yep. So here's how I like to help people remember. So like tomorrow's Friday, the 29th, and I get paid. So the Fridays I get paid earlier that week on Tuesday, there was an episode. So next week, I don't get paid, so there's no episode. But... <laughs> Maybe you don't get paid this Friday. You get paid next Friday. Think of it like, I didn't get paid, but we got a new episode. There it is. There it is. So, yes. And please, please make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit her up on wherever Apple, Apple SoundCloud, and Spotify. Yeah. And even though she says SoundCloud, she gonna get back. I promise. Don't be like Merv. She just said she didn't respond. I don't know if I wanna do SoundCloud. Do SoundCloud anyway. It don't hurt. Uh, two week increments. Every time <laughs> I upload a, uh, an episode, I check my inbox. <laughs> and also hit her up on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Please do because like, it, share, subscribe, yep, rate, all yes, the things that yes, people say. Yes, yes. And, Even and, just it, tell tell me what you think. Tell me what you think of this episode. Like, I want to hear feedback from the people. I don't get that as much as I'd like. Oh, you gonna get you gonna get at least a couple. Whether it's for 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 the for the Murph supporters and those flagrant two listeners out there, please just let her know, yay and nay, or hit her up with additional questions that maybe when she do return back on the show. Cause she will be back. We, part we, two, we, yeah, exactly. Part two, we'll definitely <laughs> go over two. some of the questions that um, you guys have uh, had went over and things like that. And, and for those first time listeners, thank you. Greatly appreciate you guys and 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 just giving the opportunity to hear another dope woman, another dope person in this podcast game who is like doing great things on and off the mic and more things to come and for me personally to reach me on twitter and instagram is at isdmurf email me isdmurf at yahoo.com you can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts and we appreciate y'all and y'all already know how i close the show don't lose yourself with life problems stay strong and fight the good fight it's a lot going on day in and day out man it's a grind don't lose the vision fight the good fight uh.
Murph, you did it again. Setting trends like you wanted to win. Fighting a good fight, sick of the sins. Connecting dots now with all the pins. We just trying to be good men. Adore my wife and I love my kids. I never let them down, never let them frown. Never let a clown take a crown. Hit me because of brown, that's okay. I got the blood of a king. Saw it in the dream, ain't all what it seems. Try to turn this to fiends. We drown in the streams while we chasing that dream. It's all about the dollar bill, y'all. And stop chasing that thrill, y'all. These beliefs trying to kill ya I'm just here trying to heal ya So listen as we work Dropping them gems now Rocking with D-Murph Tuning in as we get it in So melanin Being better men We so adamant About the culture Sick of these vultures We in the game now Watch how we coach ya Keep your guns in the holster Love is life And that's how we approach ya